It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Kyle Krabs here, host of Locked On NFL Scouting. Join Joe Marino and me every day as we provide position-by-position analysis of the upcoming NFL Draft. Check out the Locked On NFL Scouting podcast with the Draft Dudes on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. You are Locked On Dolphins, your daily Miami Dolphins podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's up, Dolphins fans, and welcome to this Tuesday, August 17th edition of Locked On Dolphins. I am your host, Kyle Krabs. Managing Editor of USA Today's Dolphins Wire, Director of Scouting at TheDraftNetwork.com, lifelong Miami Dolphins fan, and another episode of Power to the Pod today on the show, which means it's your show. You get to choose what we talk about courtesy of iTunes reviews, questions, tweets, at LockedOnFins with the hashtag Power to the Pod. And I made the mistake of soliciting questions on Twitter before checking the iTunes review because iTunes got a little quiet over the course of the summer. Uh, iTunes is no longer quiet. We have a ton of iTunes questions and we also have a ton of Twitter questions. So we're going to dive right in. At the end of the show, we are going to reveal the winner of the Dolphins Fantasy Football Dolphins Challenge Cancer Fundraiser League uh, giveaway here on Locked On Dolphins, in which I'm going to be paying somebody's $100 entry fee to pay in a 16-team league with a bunch of your favorite Dolphins fans, analysts, writers, podcasters, etc., etc., etc. So we'll get to that at the very end of the show. But with that in mind, we're going to jump right in today on iTunes Reviews. First question coming from Skywalker18. And Skywalker, i got to be a little honest, man. This is a four-star review, not a five-star review. I'm a little dis. I'm hurt more than anything. Just a little, little take it aback, but that's okay. We're going to give you some love. Do you believe the Dolphins are in a position to be playoff contenders this year? Me personally, I love everything that's going on in Miami Gardens. Yes, absolutely. Uh, we've kind of gone through at a, a couple of different junctures throughout the season uh, where my expectations are for this team. And no, I'm not going to let one quarter of play or one half of play in a preseason game of a watered-down offense against the Chicago Bears dictate to me um, anything otherwise. Yes, expect your team to be a playoff contender this year, and if they're not, then something went dramatically wrong, and we're going to have to reassess what that was. Uh, Jetpack boss. Between Tua, Jalen Phillips, the wide receiver room, and others, there seems to be a trend towards taking chances on upside of players with injury history. Do you think that's a part of the ideology of the front office, or is it just a coincidence? I think in the case of Tua, it was value in the draft. I think in the case in Jalen Phillips, uh, it was whatever it was about Jalen's resume, whether it was the concussions or the the wrist, um, led to him sliding a little bit and became value in the draft. Uh, For the wide receivers, I think it's just kind of a matter of the kind of receiver you're going after is the speedy type receivers who traditionally, obviously this doesn't include Preston Williams and Devontae Parker, uh, but Parker was here since 2015 and and Williams was UDFA, so I'm not sure I I would classify him. Um, 
but that's kind of just what you run the risk of when you're taking such small bodied guys and playing them in a big person's game. Right. So I don't know if they're purposely going out of their way to take bigger risks, but I do think they're trying to maximize their value. And when you maximize your value and you build a deep roster, uh, if a guy does get hurt, you could take some of that in stride. I know right now it feels more amplified because a bunch of the wide receivers are simultaneously hurt and, uh, they, they sat Jalen Phillips out of the preseason game and Tua missed a game last year with a throwing hand injury. But like, I think what's interesting is for the vast majority of the injuries that are present for the dolphins are not the injuries that were preexisting before they were brought onto the team. It's new stuff. It's a bump or a bruise or uh, for the most part, it seems like almost everybody is, is minor. Uh, but I, I think the other side of that coin too is right. Like, I think about the Bengals, and they drafted Billy Price really early in the draft, a center out of Ohio State a few years back. And he started like 45 consecutive games, never missed a stat in his entire Ohio State career. And he got hurt in the offseason before his rookie year, and he, he missed his entire rookie season. So, like, you just you don't really know. And, and that's kind of the wear and tear that comes with the demand that these guys have put on their body. Uh, UE474. Kyle, love the show. Rappaport reporting on Xavier's restructure added an interesting fact that others haven't sourced. Uh, he said that Dolphins agreed to look at his contract again following the 2021 season, which is true. After giving Xavier more than he deserved, can we really expect the Dolphins to keep looking at his contract every year to give him a raise? When does it end? The reason I say that he deserved more than he deserved is not due to his play in 2020. It's because we signed him to a contract with the expectation he would be elite. He only has one elite year, and now he wants more money. <sighs> yeah, I, I think Xavier's going to have a really good chance to get that new contract from Miami if he plays another 16-game season and plays to the same standard, not necessarily the same interception and turnover production, but the same standard that he set last year. If he does that, uh, they're, they're probably going to cut a year off the deal and push all the money forward and give him pay raise over that three year span, or maybe they'll rip the whole thing up and do something brand new. I don't know. But from Xavier Howard's perspective, um, that is the only pathway I think to getting a brand new contract done is he blows this year out of the water like he did last year. And as we've seen with plenty of elite level players, the Aaron Rodgers is of the world. Uh, if you are elite, more often than not, at the end of the day, a team knows better than to to push that away. So it's up to Zavian's play. Uh, try not to take it personal. Uh, Zavian has said a number of times it is business, uh, even though some of his strategies to get to a point in which the Dolphins gave him a little bit uh, felt a little bit more personal. Uh, at the end of the day, it is business and uh, try not to, to harbor hard feelings, and I, I would hope Dolphins fans take the same approach. Uh, Waffle Derek. Kyle, been munching on some Bilt Bars over the last couple of weeks. Day and night, they're pretty good. You weren't lying. I would not lie to you. Question, with the re retention of Xavier Howard, additions to the run stop on defense, and another year of chemistry defensively, I think we are locked in to be a top three defense. What level does our offense need to perform to make a serious playoff push Please tell me I'm crazy if I think we have the weapons to be top 10. It's our time. I mean, if you have a top 12 offense, you should 
have very, very high expectations. You would have to have some of the worst luck ever to have a top three defense, a top 12 offense, and not win a bunch of football games and be primed for a playoff run. I think top half of the league, I, I expect the special teams is going to be good. As long as they're not losing the turnover differential on a weekly basis, I think they're going to be really well positioned to win some games, and it's just going to come down to how do you perform in critical end-of-game situations if you're in close games, and how well can you run the football to close games out down the stretch. So I would say a serious playoff push, top 12. Uh, Do I think they are in the stratosphere to get top 12? Probably not. Probably a 15 through 18 is kind of what my guess would be offensively for them, and that's okay. You know, you you very rarely, even Super Bowl winning teams, let's not forget the Bucs were 7-5 and five at one point this past year. Very rarely are teams juggernauts in all three phases of the game from start to finish. And I know that's probably the expectation, but you can win a championship without being top three in everything across the board, and that's almost an unrealistic expectation to set. Dan's the man, right? Tackle trade. Kyle has always loved the content. I want to thank you for doing the Reddit AMA on the Dolphin sub a couple of weeks ago. It was my pleasure. Thanks for having me. For my question, with the team reportedly being interested in adding a right tackle, who do you think would be available and what might that trade look like? I'm going to sit on this one because this is good, like full episode content to go across the league. Um, I don't want to, I don't want to exhaust a full episode's worth of narratives and, and discussion points here on a jam-packed power to the pod. Uh, Marby Party uh, asking, based on the report of desired tackle depth, why hasn't Miami kicked the tires on Mitchell Schwartz? Seemed like a good right tackle for KC. Is there something in his athletic profile that doesn't mesh with our current standards? I don't think when you get like the real old, like long-in-the-tooth type guys, it's about the athletic profile anymore. It's it's about what does he have left in the tank, and does it make sense to bring him in and potentially disrupt whatever you have in the way of long-term hopes and dreams and development for the position. So uh, I think if you get to, it's also for Mitchell Schwartz specifically, like uh, what does his health look like and his fitness look like? Um, Because if you bring in a guy who's long in the tooth and uh, an established vet, but, his he needs WD forty for his knees to be able to get down into his stance, and I'm not saying that's how Mitchell Schwartz is, but just there there's a lot into there than other. This guy's played really good in the past, and this regime does not seem like one that really likes taking band aids uh, from established players of yesterday and hoping that they're going to solve problems for today. Bet online is the fastest and easiest way for you to bet on all of your favorite sports action. Baseball season is in full swing. And you can track all the action over at Bet Online. You can get all the latest news, odds, and info for all your sporting needs, including Major League Baseball, but also the NFL, UFC, and much more. You can have, head over to Bet Online on your laptop or mobile device and check out all the great sporting news, sign up bonuses, and contest information available to you. Do not sit on the sidelines anymore. This is your chance to get into the game. Head over to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit using promo code LOCKED ON. Bet online, your online sportsbook experts. If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. 
Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Continuing with review questions. uh, Johnny Camp. Kyle, huge fan. Listened every day since you took over. Keep up the great work. Assuming good health. What would the ceiling and floor, present or retired, NFL comparisons be for the three rookies I would venture to guess we are all most excited about? Waddle, Phillips, and Holland. Thanks, brother. Okay. This is uh, tough, especially on the spot, but that's fine. Uh, Waddle, I think your ceiling is a Tyreek Hill type of player. I think your ceiling for Javon Holland is a... Man, that's tough. He's almost like honey, like big honey badger is like what he could be at his best because he's played nickel free, roamed all over the place. Jalen Phillips. Uh, can I go Jared Allen? The top 12 all time in sacks. Is that open? That's, I mean, that's very, very rich. But I did, you asked me for the ceiling, right? I'm not going to give you the floor, though. I'm an optimist, damn it. And I refuse to entertain any negative thoughts for the 2021 rookie class. Uh, Nate, Kyle, first time listening to the show was actually your first time recording. I've enjoyed the show every day since. Thank you so much for listening. My question for you is, for someone who has never played football and does not understand all the nuances, how do you recommend we watch games to get our personal opinions on evaluating talent, what kinds of things should I be looking for? Thanks for all your hard work. This is a great question. Um, one thing that I, I think has really benefited me in the off season is studying big picture X's and O's uh, and, and trying to understand conceptually more of the finer points of, of what's being asked to be done based on, uh, team tendencies and pre-snap alignment and all that kind of stuff. But uh, really from a player valuation perspective, you have to be really disciplined to just dial in and uh, zero in on that individual player and look at his movement skills and how he controls his body. And one of my favorite things to do is to go into a game, not looking for anybody in particular, but literally just watching like, it's almost like a living organism where it's like it, the offense and the defense both have a flow. And everything moves together. And if you're not looking for anybody particular, you're looking for the guys who stand out for better or for worse. They're the guys that are moving way slower or way faster than everybody else. Uh, It's the guy that's always walking away from the pile after the play, meaning he's always in on the tackle. Uh, Things like that. I think that's a good place for you to start, but the... uh, it definitely takes a lot of eye discipline because the TV broadcast has groomed so many people to kind of just like zero in on certain dynamics uh, and watch the ball, right? So uh, that would be how I would start that transition for you. Alan Matherly, five-star review, best Finns podcast out there. I don't know about that. There are a lot of great podcasts, a lot of great Dolphins podcasts out there, but I'm flattered that you would put me in the bucket. If you could build your all-time Dolphins team with a starter to each position, 
on offense, defense, kicker, punter, and head coach, offense corner, and defensive coordinator. Caveat for the coordinators is you can use former head coaches as coordinators since most went through those positions anyways. What would it be? Uh, we did this over the course of the summer. I think it was July. So, Alan, go check the feed. It's I, th- I believe it's definitely sometime in July, and we did building all-time offense and defense. I think we split it over like a Friday and Monday. So go look for that and, and let me know what you think. Patrick from New England. Ew. Crabs. Patrick here from Behind Enemy Lines in Warwick, Rhode Island, just south of Foxborough. Incredible job taking over for Travis and taking my Dolphins fandom and knowledge to the next level. I've really enjoyed learning the intricacies of the game through your analysis. I've said this a number of times. There's no greater compliment that you can give me uh, than my presentation style helping you enjoy the game more. That's all I could ever hope for. So thank you for that, very seriously. Uh, I'll be at the Ravens game. Hope to see you there. With that said, proceeds to provide a very clever pun on Tua's full name, which I will not fool myself into trying to say because I have not been practicing it. Uh, But he tucks Super Bola in there at the end. Tonga Valoa. Keep up the good work. Fins up. No, No question, but I do appreciate the creativity. Possibly could have been submitted as a fantasy football team name. Our next question, Kyle loved the podcast. I love there's 20 to 30 minutes of new Finns content every day. How much do you think the starters will play the preseason? I like the idea of not playing them too much due to injury risk, but we don't we want to get all the reps we can gearing up for the opening game? Uh, yeah, so we obviously saw a handful of starters on the offensive line start play the entire first half. Uh, I would expect to see starters probably. I, I'm anticipating this game is going to be the one that is the – uh, dress rehearsal and I would not be surprised if there's a little bit of gamesmanship as far as what Miami shows uh, it seems like they're really dialed in on things that can provide a competitive advantage as far as uh, not providing too many looks at at the new concepts that they have in the offense this year uh, so I wouldn't be surprised if it's it's kind of a lukewarm performance and, and they might be purposefully tying a hand behind the the team's back as far as not always calling the best plays to to put you in the position to win the game, but more so you're calling plays to evaluate talent, and sometimes you want to put them in a challenging spot where like the, the third down run against Chicago that everybody's all mad about. Uh, when they ran into a loaded box and they were out-gapped and outnumbered in the box, yeah, sometimes that's going to happen. So I think those evaluation reps can be really valuable even if they don't put you in a position uh, to win the football game specifically. Hello, my name is Horace from Soldier Shark. Love the show. Never miss an episode. My shot at winning the fantasy football team name contest is too a good to be true. Won my work league with this name last year. Very good. I like it. Uh, Ish came with a heavy hitter. Wake Superior. Uh, so I, I'm a big fan of name puns. I'm a dad now, guys. So the, the dad jokey ones have a real chance of, of going off with me. Uh, motion of the notion, as in Sean Moreno. I appreciate that, even though Sean uh, wasn't with the team too long. Uh, very clever. Uh, got two if you got time. I'm going to pick one. First, do you prefer a draft with intrigue for the first pick, like Reggie Bush and Mario Williams, or when the first few picks are known like Joe Burrow and Chase Young. Second, what are three things about Brian Flores 
that make going into the season so exciting. Uh, I'll do the draft one. I like the chaos. Uh, from a Dolphins perspective, I like to know as much of intel as I possibly can before things kick off uh, so I can have confidence in, in who's going to be there for Miami. Uh, but as far as an overall draft experience, give me the draft where things are wide open. And you're, you, you have that this year. In 2022, it's going to get ugly. Uh, Kurt Millions with the last one of the iTunes review questions for the day. Kyle, love the show. Listening all the way out here in Montana. Now, I know it's just the preseason, but did that offensive play in the first quarter leave you a little worried? We especially didn't seem to get any kind of push, especially we ran it three yards, three times down the goal line and didn't even manage to get a yard out of it. Maybe you're looking at trading for someone who's proven. Also, with the way Grant's played in camp and is returning in the first half, I think the man deserves a spot on the roster. Uh, I definitely think Grant is working his way into a spot on the active roster. As far as the offensive line, yes. Like, you can't walk away from what they showed and be like, yeah, we're fine, we're in great shape. Am I hitting the panic button? No. Austin Jackson needs to play better. I need to see Liam Eikenberg be a part of the fold in a game situation. There's no better scenario than the Dolphins having Liam Eikenberg win the right tackle job because now you have Jesse Davis as your your sixth offensive lineman who can play literally anywhere up front and be a serviceable player. That versatility is is really valuable, but li- like Liam's got to get it, and Austin needs to play better. I can't sit here and pretend like it's it's nothing, but it's not something that um, I'm gonna overreact too much to with it being such a small sample size. But if they get their butts kicked against Atlanta, then yeah, we're gonna have to ask ourselves some really hard questions because we're gonna have a week to figure stuff out. RockAuto.com is a family business who's been providing auto parts customers with high-quality service online for the last 20 years. So whether you're shopping for engine control modules, brake parts, taillights, motor oil, or even new carpet for your classic or daily driver, RockAuto.com has everything you need in one easy-to-navigate catalog, and in just a few clicks, you can get everything delivered directly to your front door. Best of all, price of the same at RockAuto.com for both professionals or do-it-yourselfers, so why would you shop anywhere else and spend up to twice as much for the same parts? So visit rockauto.com for all your auto parts needs and write Locked On in their How Did You Hear About Us box so they know we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, and all the parts your car will ever need at rockauto.com. Do you know that 85% of people who play daily fantasy sports lose? But is it really that surprising? The game is rigged against you. You're playing against thousands of other lineups, not to mention experts who have more tools and more time. You don't stand a chance. Introducing Stat Hero. It's the first ever daily fantasy sports book that puts the player in control and winning within reach. Here's how it works Stat Hero shows you their lineups and dares you to beat them. It's you versus the house in a head to head fantasy matchup. You name your stakes, winner take all. You have the advantage. Stat Hero is showing you their lineups ahead of time. No one else does that. You're in total control. Stat Hero is daily fantasy sports the way it was meant to be played, one on one. Play Stat Hero now and change the odds. Go to stathero.com slash locked on, sign up for free, and right now you can get three times back on your first play. They're giving you a 300% match that's unheard of. Go to stathero.com slash locked on. That's stathero.com slash locked on. Here's the situation I find myself in, guys. Uh, the solicitation for Power to the Pod questions on Twitter has been up for 70 minutes. 70 at the time of this recording, I have 40 responses. <laughs> we're 22 minutes into the show. So we're going to go turbo round. 
And then we're going to announce our winner for the, the fantasy giveaway, and we're going to get the heck out of Dodge as we get ready for Falcons this week. Uh, Dolphins Crage, how much of a win difference do you think there is if the offensive line plays at a top 10 or bottom 10 level, and what do you think the chances of the offensive line producing at either of those levels are? Uh, I think there's a moderate chance the team is between 20 and 24, uh, 20 and 25. Uh, I do not think they're going to be absolute scum, bottom of the bucket offensively. Uh, But I'm going to go ahead and take this approach with the offensive line now. Uh, I don't think they'll approach top 10 level. Specifically as it pertains to quarterbacks. Quarterbacks, as much as anything else, are in control of pressure because you're in control at the line of scrimmage. You need to understand and identify where your pressure situations are from. And if you're outnumbered, you got to throw the ball hot and you got to get teams out of the blitz. If you can't drop back and hold for three seconds because your offensive tackles stink, you do need to be able to feel and slide and climb the pocket. It's quarterbacks who routinely hold the ball too long who are consistently taking too many sacks. That is the worry about the clash with Tua versus the offensive line being constructed the way that it is. But that, at the end of the day, is just something we're going to have to let see materialize. Um, Do I think they're going to be an absolute positive liability? No. Do I think they played about as bad of a first impression as they could leave you between the short yardage stuff in the running game and what Austin Jackson put on display in pass protection? Yes. It was was the... Absolute worst case scenario. You got it. So now let's see how they bounce back. This is a young group. I'm going to stay patient with it, but I am going to keep a watchful eye on, hey, we might need somebody who can contend to start here. King of Finland, if you got a chance to try out for the NFL, what position do you think you would have the best chance to actually make the roster? Give me long snapper. I can practice it long enough. You're not allowed to line up over top of me. You're not allowed to touch me on the snap. Give me that. Just don't ask me to run down the field and tackle anybody because I'm like 195 these days and uh, 32 creaky knees. It's not going to end well for me. I'm not going to sit here and pretend like I could even tackle any punt returner in the NFL and open field anywhere. Marcos, two questions. Should they move Noah back to wide receiver? No, I don't see the upside. And if you did that, then you didn't really have a vision and conviction for your pick. Uh, Moving him back to wide receiver is probably something that a next team would consider if Noah completely flames out in Miami. Followed by an offensive line question. Uh, I'm not going to touch too much of the offensive line. We're, we're trying to go quick. Uh, David, offensive line, offensive line, please reassure us it's not going to ruin another Dolphin season. Uh, no, I, I think there's ways to manage and navigate offensive line play, including the quarterback, knowing where pressure is coming from, understanding what looks you're getting and what fronts you're in uh, and facing, and having the escapability that Tua has. Is it going to be ideal? Probably not. Maybe not, at least in the first month of the season. We'll see where it goes from there. Francois, listener from Canada. Thanks for listening. You said today, being Monday, that you would give Liam a chance to contend at left tackle. Where would Austin Jackson go in this case? A couple other questions, and then asked, should we have drafted Sewell? Uh, No, I don't know if you guys saw... Pene Sewell got his butt kicked by Greg Rousseau in the preseason game playing right tackle. He's not a natural right tackle. Uh, And if you're going to draft guys and move them around like they're doing with Liam Eikenberg, it's counterproductive. If you're going to draft offensive linemen, you want guys that have high floors. 
and you want reasonable ceilings too, but you especially want high floors. Uh, I don't know that Austin Jackson has the position flexibility to play anywhere else. Maybe you go back and, and revisit my pre-draft evaluation on him. He was a fringe top 100 pick for me. He was all physical tools. You knew he was going to need time to develop. And it's just, okay, like now you can't let it snowball and be that bad every week. Let's see what else we can squeeze in here. Uh, Finn, 1984, is the talk of Limbo and Jr. being listed as wide running back true? What would the benefit of changing the position be? Uh, I can only think of the franchise tag. So it's more so from the numbers of how many you're keeping at each position on the active roster. And he's still listed on the Dolphins roster page as a wide receiver. But in the summary book that the league puts out to summarize like the snap counts, he's listed on that as a running back. So it might be something that's kind of semantics for some. It might be something that uh, is in transition currently. The Raiders originally drafted him to be a running back, uh, but he really struggled with the pass or the, the pass blocking stuff. So it's not really from a financial perspective, but it's from, hey, if we're going to cut, say, Patrick Laird, we want to have somebody who can be a designated third down receiving back out of the backfield. That would ergo be Limbo and Jr. so that you could still keep six or seven wide receivers and feel good about it from a classification and distribution of your roster perspective. Uh, let's see. OG Highway. A lot of people saying Brown looks like Jordan Howard 2.0. Was Brown that bad or did the line not open any holes for him? Uh, too too early to tell, but I was not overly uh, enthusiastic about his debut and what he showed uh, as far as vision and burst alike. So we'll see. We knew he was going to be a power back. Uh, his value is short yardage stuff and pass protection. That's what Malcolm Brown does, does well. So set your expectations accordingly. Uh, Martin, do you have any spare tickets for the London game uh, with a winky face? If I stumble upon any... I will be sure to let you know. Uh, Chris, not a math guy. Respect for the reference. Big fan. Uh, but wish we had a healthy Jawan James. I know we probably beat this to death, but who are some good candidates? It would be a trade partner for us to get offensive line depth. I'm not going there. I'm not going to, so quit asking, right? And to quote Nick Saban. Uh, but as far as just the, I did want to entertain this for the Jawan James stuff. Uh, do you want? Do you know the last time Juwan James, as an NFL player, existed and was on the field? Uh, so he signed a market-setting contract for right tackles, um, entering into the 2019 season. In that year, he played in three games, got hurt, missed the other 13, opted out of the 2020 season, and this offseason suffered an injury that will prevent him from playing all of this season. So the last time you had a healthy Jawan James was the last time he was a member of the Miami Dolphins and played in eight, uh, in 2018, played in 15 games. I wish him the best, but it's been tough sledding for him since he left Miami. Aside of Nick Needham, whose surprise stood out the most to you during the game? Uh, Nick Needham's a good place to start. He had himself a great game. Um, Troy Williams had a couple nice reps late. Uh, I thought Lynn Bone Jr. had a nice game for what he was asked to do. I thought Tua, aside of the interception, 
whether he was getting cute or tried to look the safety off or predetermined he wanted to come to Waddle in the slot, whatever it was, uh, to a look good. Uh, Eric, with Charlie Fry calling the plays, you would think that Godsey designed all the passing plays and Studisville all the run plays. Uh, Charlie Fry does not call the plays. Charlie Fry gives the play to Tua in his headset, according to what Tua said after the last preseason game. But I would assume the voice in his head, it doesn't have to be the play caller. So I'm sure that there's there's obviously a lot of confusion here because Miami's playing it very coy, and they are looking for competitive advantages wherever they can find them. Uh, but I can guarantee you if you have co-offensive coordinators, the quarterback's coach is not calling the plays. Last one of the day from Jason. Been trying to get to you about your vehicle's extended warranty. I don't need it. I got rockauto.com, brother. Do we see Tua throwing deep in the next game, or is that being same for the games that count? I would expect your more aggressive vertical components are going to be holstered for now. So just temper your expectations. I would love to be wrong. I've been plenty wrong, plenty in the past. But with the lengths that they do go for stuff like the coordinator stuff, mm, I don't think they're going to get too exotic, personally. Which brings us to the moment of truth. We had ample, ample submissions for the Fantasy Football Dolphins Challenge Cancer Fantasy Football League uh, fundraiser. Uh, we had Ted Ginn, Sam Madison, Chad Henney, uh, Shula, Greasy, Marino, a uh, who's who, Wake, Sue. But the one that spoke the most to me, I there were a couple that I would shout out. Uh, but I'm not going to uh, make anybody feel bad about <laughs> being a runner-up. Uh, the winner is a 23-year-old fanatic, a firm believer that Nas is the best rapper alive, a lover of the fullback position, and a recent joinee of Twitter, Urbo Football. We don't kick. In honor of Jim Kick. And if you know my thoughts and feelings, this is why we don't kick is the, an- is the answer that I'm choosing. There's nothing that drives me more crazy, especially at the college football scene. When these college coaches, they're 21-point underdogs. They're up 10-3 or 10-0. And midway through the second quarter, you got fourth and one on the 38-yard line and you've got some walk-on kicker, and you send that poor kid out there to kick that field goal when you know damn well he's never going to make it. So anytime it happens at the college level, hashtag field goals are for losers goes out. So for him to have we don't kick in spirit with that running theme that I've had uh, on social media throughout the course of of my time uh, working in the football industry, Herbo Football, congratulations to you, my friend, are the winner. 
for your sentimental choice. Uh, historical choice gets a little extra bonus props as well. So here's what happens from here. You have 48 hours. If I do not hear from you by Thursday morning at 12.01 a.m., I will go to my next name on the list. Congratulations. I'll make sure I reach out to you. I'll shoot you a DM, let you know you've won. I really appreciate everybody who submitted names. I wish I could pick all of you. And I hope you continue to pick me to be a part of your Miami Dolphins fanhood. Locked on fins, your team every day. Keep it locked in right here on Locked on Dolphins. I'm Kyle Krabs. Thanks, as always, for listening. I'll talk to you guys again tomorrow. Hey, Prime members. You can listen to this Locked on podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.